Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos daf Kufmem Dalad. We're starting Kufmem Gimlamud Bays, 10 lines from the bottom, forwards into the line. Today's daf is sponsored Le'ilu Nishmas, Ariel Michal Ben Menachem Mendel. His neshama should have an aliyah, and Hashem should grant an achama to his wife, four children, brother, sister, parents, and extended family. Now, we concluded yesterday's Gemara with Machlaikas between the Chachamim and Rabbi Huda in regards to juice that oozed out of Tutim and Reminim, berries and pomegranates on Shabbos. Rabbi Huda holds that if these Tutim and Reminim were stored for eating, then the juice isn't usher, only if they were stored for squeezing or more more importantly for us today, stam, without any specific intent, then the juice would be usher, for we're afraid that if the owner sees the juice, he's going to decide to squeeze them on Shabbos. So the Gemara asks, does Rabbi Huda really hold that if someone stored something stam without any specific intent, the juice that comes out of it is going to be usher? We have a Mishnah. The milk of a woman is going to cause susceptibility to Toma, whether or not it's Laratzin or Shalalaratzin. Now let's remember that produce can't become Tomei unless it was Hokshalakabal Toma. It first must become wet from one of the seven Mashkim, which is wine, blood, oil, milk do honey and water, but this is only if the liquid is there, baratzain, its owner. The owner has to be happy about the fact that this liquid is present. If the owner isn't baratzain about the liquid, then not only is this liquid unable to be machsh or other food, but the liquid itself can become tameh. However, mother's milk, as the Gemara just said, will be machsh even if it came out shalai baratzain. However, continues the Gemara, chalev behema, milk from an animal, enematame el laratzain, is only going to be machsh food if it's laratzain. Am Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva argues, and he says, kalvachimerhu, it should be a kalvachimer, uma chalev, he should, just like milk from a woman. It's only intended for children. It's going to be machsher food. Whether or not it's l'ratzon, animal milk that's fit for children and for adults. Whether or not it came out of the animal l'ratzon of the owner. I understand the milk of a woman is going to be That's because because the blood of her wound is going to be machsher also, if she gets a wound and blood comes out, so that blood is going to be machshel lekabotoma. We know that human blood is considered a mashke too. It's one of the seven mashkim, so it's going to be machshel lekabotoma. But yitam echalei behema, the milk of an animal should be machshel lekabotoma. Kof mem dalad amad alaf on the top shaloi leratzin. Even if it's shaloi leratzin, shadam agifasatar. The blood that comes out of an animal's wound is going to be tahar. It's not going to be machshel anything lekabotoma. So therefore, we see that mother's milk is on a higher standard because blood of a person is on a higher standard. Therefore, we can't compare mother's milk to animal milk. Amar lehens Rabbi Kiva told them. I'm more machmir by milk than by blood. Someone that milks an animal for therapeutic purposes, he doesn't want the animal to get sick, let's say because it has so much milk in it, so that milk is going to be machshir lekabotoma. But someone that bloodlets an animal, that blood is not going to be machshir something lekabotoma. So we see that animal milk has more of a chumrah than animal blood, so therefore, animal milk should be machshir lekabotoma, even if it's shaloy leratzayin. So Amuloy the chum responded to him, liquid that comes out of baskets of olives or grapes should prove to us that liquid that comes out unintentionally can't be compared to liquid that comes out l'ratzayin. Shamashkim hayetzmehem because liquid that comes out of these baskets of zeisim va'anavim l'ratzayin tmeim. If they come out l'ratzayin, so then they're going to be machshel lekabotoma. Shaloy l'ratzayin. If they come out shaloy l'ratzayin, tahirim, so they're not going to be machshel lekabotoma. So we see from here that the halachic status of a mashke is going to be dependent on whether or not it was l'ratzayin of the owner. So now the Gemara is going to make an assumption in this Mishnah, which is going to use as our question on Rabbi Huda. My love, doesn't the Mishnah mean when it says l'ratzayin denichale that he has active desire to want this liquid and shaloy 
Ratzayin. When it says Shalayla Ratzayin, that means Bistama, that he didn't show any sort of intent of what he wants about this liquid, whether or not he wants it or not. And nonetheless, it's still called Shalayla Ratzayin. And so based on this, we can ask in Rabbi Yehuda, because Ma Zesim just like by Zesim Anavim, they're designed for squeezing. Nonetheless, Shalayla Ratzayin Vlaiklom, if the liquid came out of them, was Shalayla Ratzayin of the owner, it's not considered like a mashka at all, and therefore it's not going to be mashka or anything like Kabbalah So two different reminding, bearing a pomegranate, the Lavanes Chitanenu, that they're not usually meant for squeezing anyway. Like Kolshkin, for sure it should be that if it's Shalayla Ratzayin, which now again we're assuming means that it's a stam, he didn't express any sort of intent what he wants, that also shouldn't be considered that it's going to be a mashka that's mashka like Kabbalah So how could the previously mentioned Bryce say that Rabbi Huda's opinion is, is that a person has berries and pomegranates without stating why he has them, the juice that comes out of them is going to be usser. It shouldn't be like that. We should need an active ratzayin in where he states explicitly that he actually wants the juice. But if he didn't say that, so then mistama, it should be mutter. So the Gemara says, no, we made a wrong assumption. Light l'ratzayin bistama. When it says l'ratzayin, that really means bistama, that he didn't express any satisfaction. And that means that he wants it. Shalai l'ratzayin. What does it mean shalai l'ratzayin? Degali adaita. It has to be that he actually revealed what he wanted. The Amr, he said explicitly, l'ayin I don't want this juice that comes out. Viva zema, or alternatively, we could say shani sali zesimanavim. Baskets of zesimanavim are different. Kivin kaimi. Since any juice that's going to come out of it anyway is going to get ruined and lost because it's going to ooze out the holes in the bottom of this basket, and anyway we don't expect to have it. So Meikaraf Kurimafkerlu originally when he put the zesimanavim in this basket in the first place, he has no intent whatsoever to benefit from the juice that comes out, and that's why even stama means shaloi l'ratzayin. But in a standard case where he puts it in a basket without holes, so then our assumption is even if he doesn't say what he wants it for, we're assuming he's probably going to want the juice, and so Rabbi Huda can be machmer in that case. Now the previous daf Shmuel had taught us that Rabbi Huda agrees with the Chachamim when dealing with olives and grapes, whereas the Chachamim agree with Rabbi Huda with other fruit. Now the Gemara says Ashkan Rabbi Huda demayed the Rabbanim zeisim vanavim. We see the case where Rabbi Huda agrees with the Rabbanim with zeisim vanavim. This is the brayz that we mentioned in the Kufmem Gimel Amud Beis. Rabbanim demayed the Rabbi Huda b'shar peres minalon. Where do you see that the Rabbanim agreed to Rabbi Huda in regards to all other fruits? So the Gemara answers Titania. We have a brayz Saichdim Kufmem Dalon Amud Beis on the top. Befigin befrishin befzradim. One's allowed to squeeze plums, quinces, or sour apples on Shabbos in order to drink their juice. Avolay b'rimayim. He's not allowed to do so with pomegranates. That's because pomegranates are usually designated for squeezing, and so therefore he's not allowed to squeeze pomegranates. And how do we know the pomegranates are used for squeezing? Michelle based Menashe Bar Menachem Hayusachim Rimani because the household of Menashe Bar Menachem they would squeeze pomegranates for their juice. So we see from the Brisa that in the case of all other sorts of fruits, the ones that we mentioned, such as plums, quince, and these sour apples, you're actually actively allowed to squeeze them for their juice. So here's the Chachamim agreeing to Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara asks me, Madrabanani, who says that Brisa is according to the Rabbanan? Don't Rabbi Yehuda he? Maybe that Brisa is only the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And not the Rabbanon. The Gemara answers no. It could also be Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon. Amor Deshamus Leila Rabbi Yehuda. Perhaps we only know in Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, Yatzume Atzman, that if the juice oozed out on its own, then you're allowed to benefit from it. But do we know from our Mishnah that Rabbi Yehuda holds the Chatchila, you're allowed to squeeze other fruits? So what can we say? Since these other fruits that we mentioned are not generally designated for squeezing. That means Rabbi Yehuda allows you to squeeze them on Shabbos. Therefore, Afilu Tame Rabbanon. This Brisa could even be according to the Rabbanon. Since these are fruits that are not normally squeezed for their juice, you're even allowed to squeeze them the Chatchila. It could be that this Brisa is the Rabbanon. So we see from here that the Rabbanon agreed to Rabbi Yehuda that fruit that's usually not used for its juice is allowed to the Chatchila be squeezed on Shabbos. And now the Gemara is going to analyze this Brisa. 
Shemir Mainim, the household of Menashe, they used to squeeze pomegranates for their Jews. Amr of Nachman, Rav Nachman says, Halacha Kshal Beis Menashe by Menachem, the halacha is like them. Therefore, it's usher to squeeze pomegranates on Shabbos. The Gemara asks, Amr of Rav Nachman, Menashe by Menachem Tanuhu, is he a Tanu? Does that mean, was he actually stated as someone who was involved in the argument over here? Menashe by Menachem was only brought as an illustration to our case that some people use pomegranates for their juice, but not that they were actually actively involved in this machlekes. So, what does Rav Nachman mean when he says the halacha is like Menashe by Menachem? And now Rav continues, the halacha is really like the Tana, the Savar Lakshal Menashe Bar Menachem, that he holds like Menashe Bar Menachem. So Rabbi continues to ask him, You shouldn't Savar Kimenashe Bar Menachem, Halacha Kamaisa, just because he holds like Menashe Bar Menachem, all of a sudden the halacha is going to be like him. Menashe Bar Menachem, Havaruba the Alma, as the house of Menashe Menachem, the majority of the world, that no one in the world is allowed to squeeze pomegranates on Shabbos for their juice because they happen to do so during the week. That doesn't make sense. The Gemara says, Yes, it happens to be that even though one household squeezed pomegranates for their juice, nonetheless, that's going to have an impact on everyone else. Dinan, we have a Mishnah, Hamakayim Kaitzim Karim, someone that maintains thorns in his vineyard. Rebbe Lazar Aymer, he says, Kidesh, now the entire vineyard has become usur. It's considered Kilayim Bekarim. There's certain things you're not allowed to grow in your vineyard. Thorns is one of them, according to Rebbe Lazar, and therefore, if you maintain thorns in the vineyard, it's going to usur it. They argue and they say, The only thing that's going to make your vineyard forbidden is something which is normally cultivated in people's fields. However, thorns are not normal to cultivate in a field. Rebbe Chanin explains Rebbe Lazar's opinion. My time with Rebbe Lazar, what's the reason that he says that thorns are going to usur the vineyard? Because in Aravia, they cultivate thorn fields for their camels. So you see that even though there's only one place that it's normal to grow thorns, nonetheless, that's going to impact anyone that has thorns in their vineyard, and that's going to ask the vineyard because of Kilea Kerem. The Gemara asks, Me, the area, is that a proof that Aravia Asra, Aravia is a place, meaning it's a huge city, it has a lot of people in it, so therefore they can impact everyone else in the world. But Hacha over here, Batlandite, it's a Kal Adam, with Menashe Bar Menachem squeezing pomegranates for juice, we're going to say that his das is bottle, and it's not important what he does because no one else squeezes them for their juice. So now, because of Rabbah's question, the Gemara is going to have to give a completely different understanding and what Rav Nachman meant when he said the halacha is like Menashe Bar Menachem. So the Gemara says, Al Hanutaimo, this is the reason for Rav Nachman's ruling, Kid Rav Chizda heals like Rav Chizda. Dom Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda says, Turadim Shesachatun and Son of a Mikvah, beats that were squeezed and the juice was poured into a mikvah, Pesadis Amikvah Mishin Ramara. They're going to make this mikvah puzzle. If it changes the appearance of the mikvah, now the mikvah is not clear anymore, it's going to be red. Now we know that a mikvah needs to have 40 saw of rainwater. If it has less than that, if it has some maim shuvim, so it's going to be puzzle. But besides for the fact that it needs to have 40 saw of rainwater, it also has to look like water. And if we pour some sort of coloring in it, that's going to apostle the mikvah. So if Chizda's halacha is, is that beet juice that's poured into mikvah is going to apostle it. So the Gemara asks, Beets aren't designated for squeezing. Therefore, the juice is not considered a mashke. So why should it apostle the mikvah? The Gemara says, So what could we say? Why is it that beet juice will apostle a mikvah? Since he gave it significance because he squeezed it, so now that's considered a mashke, and therefore it's going to apostle the mikvah. So hachanami. So to hear what the pomegranates that were squeezed. Since he gave it significance by squeezing it for juice, Havlu Mashka, now it's considered a mashka, and therefore it's usher to do so on Shabbos. Now what exactly are we learning from here? So Rashi clarifies, the prunes that we were talking about that were allowed to squeeze on Shabbos are not being squeezed for their juice. Rather, they're being squeezed lamate capri, just to sweeten the fruit itself. And that's permitted because we're not trying to get the juice, we're just trying to sweeten the fruit. However, the pomegranates, even though the majority of people only squeeze pomegranates to sweeten them, but since Menashe squeezes them for their juice, we're geyser, no pomegranate squeezing, because maybe you're going to squeeze it for its juice. And that's what Rav Nachman was saying. Since they squeeze it for their juice, we're not going to be allowed to squeeze it even just to sweeten the pre because we're afraid a person's going to change his mind and squeeze it for the juice, and that would be problematic. But now Rav Papa's just going to argue with Rav Chizda's statement regarding beet juice in a mikvah. Rav Papa Amar, he says, The reason why the beet juice is going to ruin the mikvah when you pour it inside is because it's something that you're not allowed to use for a mikvah. Something that you're not allowed to use for a mikvah. That's going to apostle the mikvah if it changes the appearance of the water. But it has nothing to do with it being a mashke. 
And now that we mentioned something that's going to pass the mikveh b'shinoi mara with a change of appearance, the Gemara says, Tanan Hasam, we have a mission over there, if wine or vinegar fell into a mikveh, umaychal or olive juice, v'shina marav, and it changed its appearance, puzzle that's going to puzzle the mikveh. Now, what's olive juice? It's not olive oil. It's some sort of liquid that oozes out of the olive at three different stages throughout the process of olive oil making, and we're going to learn about these three different stages soon. And now the Gemara is assuming right now from this Mishnah that the only type of liquid that's going to puzzle a mikveh is a liquid that has a halachic status as a mashke. The Gemara says, Matana de moichal mashke, who says that this olive juice is considered a mashke? This olive juice is just like a mashka, and therefore it can be machsher something l'kabotoma. So why not come say that the first moichal, the first olive juice that comes out of the olives, that's not going to be machsher something l'kabotoma? That's lafisha in a That's because the owner doesn't want this olive juice at all, and therefore it's not considered a mashka. But all other olive juices will be considered mashka. Reb Shimon Aimer he says moichal ain't a mashka. The moichal is not like a mashka. So the wise of the Chum said that the Meichal that comes out of the netting of the olive press, this is either referring to the liquid that comes out after the olive has been pressed or right before they've been pressed. So why is that going to be Tomei? It's impossible that this Meichal isn't going to have a little bit of oil in it and therefore the owner wants that oil and that's why this Meichal is going to be considered a real Mashke and it's going to be Mashke or something like Kabul Toma. So we see from here that except for the Meichal that comes out all the way at the beginning of the pressing process, Rabbi Yaakov holds that all Meichal is going to be considered a Mashke. The Gemara asks, my Benayo, so what's the practical difference between Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Shimon? Both of them hold that some Meichal is considered Mashke and some Meichal isn't considered Mashke. So the Gemara answers, Ikbenayu, the difference between the two is the Asi Basar Itzatzta, the liquid that comes out after all the olives are piled on top of each other, then some sort of liquid comes out. Again, it's not oil, but it has some sort of benefit to the owner, so therefore Rabbi Yaakov would say that it's considered a Mashke, whereas Rabbi Shimon would say it's not considered a Mashke. And now we're just going to have an opinion from Rava of why Meichal is going to passel a mikvah. Rava Amr, he says, It's just simply something you're not allowed to make a mikvah from. Therefore, it's going to passel a mikvah with a change of appearance in the water. It doesn't need to have an official halachic status of mashka in order to passel it. And now back to squeezing on Shabbos. A person is allowed to squeeze a cluster of grapes into a pot of food, but not into an empty bowl. Why would this be permitted? We're going to see in the Gemara in a minute. This is a concept called mashka habala eichel that when we have liquid going into food, it's considered like food. When we're squeezing grapes, grapes are a food. And if the liquid is going directly into other food, so it's not considered like this was ever mashka, that it was ever made into a liquid, and it remained in its food state, and therefore, it's not going to be an issue of squeezing for mashka, squeezing for liquid on Shabbos, as opposed to when we squeeze it into an empty bowl, then that's going to be considered squeezing it for its juice, and that would be usr. And our Rechizah says, Medivir Rabbeinu Nilmad, from Rabbeinu, which is Shmuel, we can learn, a person is allowed to milk a goat directly into a pot of food, but not into a bowl. Milking a goat would be the Isra of Mefarik. However, the reason why it would be permitted directly into the pot is again because of this concept of mashka bal eichel is ka eichel dame, but not into an empty bowl because then it's going to be considered squeezing it for its liquid. And now we're going to see in the Gemara this concept that we had just spoken about. We see that Shmuel holds mashka bal eichel eichel hu, that liquid that's going directly into food is considered like food itself and was never considered liquid and therefore it's permitted to do on Shabbos. But now the Gemara is going to ask a question on Shmuel. A zav that milked a goat, the milk itself is going to be tame, and this Mishnah doesn't differentiate between whether the zav milked a goat into a pot or into a bowl. And v'yamer mashka bala eichel eichel hu. If you're going to tell me that mashka habala eichel is considered like eichel, so with my askasher, how did this milk that came out of the goat become mochsher lekabel toma since it wasn't in contact with any other liquid? And nonetheless, we say it's tame, so it must be that a mashka habala eichel is considered like mashka, not like eichel. So the Gemara answers no. Kedam Rabbi Yechonon says Rabbi Yechonon says batipa hamuchlechas al piyadad. He had pasuk in the halacha in the case of a tame woman who expresses breast milk. That milk that comes out is also going to become tame. Why is it? Because the first drop of milk that comes out that's 
at the tip of her breast, that's Lorotzin for her because that first drop of milk helps all the other milk come out. So the Gemara continues, Hachanami, so to hear with the goat, Batipa Mokhlechas Alpiadad, the first drop of milk that's on the tip of the goat's udder, that's Lorotzin because that's going to help more milk come out. Therefore, all the other milk that the Zav squeezes out is going to become Tame because it touches that first drop and therefore the Zav can be Tame everything. So Shmuel's Halacha Mashka Bala Echel Echel who can really still stand, and we just happen to have found a scenario where nonetheless the liquid could still become Tame. The Gemara continues to ask on Shmuel, Masav Ravina, Tame Mesh Shasachat Zesim Vanavim, someone who is Tame Mesh, and he squeezed Zesim Vanavim. Kufim Hayomad Alpha on the top. Kibetsim Chuvenes Tahar. If the Zesim Vanavim that he squeezed were exactly the size of a Beitza, so then the liquid that comes out of it is going to be Tahar, because that means the second he squeezed it, all of a sudden the Zesim Vanavim became less than a Beitza, and they came from a Kabotoma. However, Hayosim Kibetsa, Tame. If they're larger than the size of a Beitza, then all the liquid that comes out is going to become Tame. So we see from here that there's no difference whether or not he squeezes into a pot of food or into an empty bowl, and nonetheless it's going to become tummy. And the Gemara continues, If you're going to tell me that mashi that comes out of food is really considered food itself, so my eskasher. So how did this liquid that came out of the zeisim vanavim become mochsher lekabel toma? So the Gemara says, Who must have loved? Who mafirekla? He asked the question and he answered it. We're talking about that he squeezes juice directly into an empty bowl. It didn't have any food in it, so therefore, obviously, we can't apply the concept of mashkabel eichel ka'eichel. And now tomorrow we're going to pick up with this concept of mashkabel eichel dummy, and we're going to see whether or not it's actually Machlekes Tanoim and not only a memoir from Shmuel. Everyone should have a wonderful day.